Warning, the following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. When a humble bar graced a ride along with Geralt of Rivia, along came this song. When the white wolf fought a silver-tongued devil, his army of elves at his hooves did they revel. They came after me with masterful deceit, broke down my loot and they kicked in my teeth, while the devil's horns minced our tender meat. And so cried the witcher, he can't be bleed. Toss a coin to your witcher, oh valley of plenty, oh valley of plenty, oh. Toss a coin to your witcher, oh valley of plenty. this week's episode of this week's episode i'm your host angie fernot with me as always is belligerent bard chris randazzo i love my pool but i wish it went down forever magic sexy woman karen randazzo oh when will magic sexy women stop jumping out at me <laughs> and salt and pepper beard slayer evan goldstein I or have... beast slayer sorry that too beard slayer you know <laughs> i have ears and tastes so no you can't help me <laughs> <laughs> this is episode number 267 for the week of sometime in August. I think this is August 4th. We're recording a little early this time, but it's my birthday week. So wish me a happy birthday. <laughs> happy, um, birthday. Yay, happy birthday. Thanks. I'm this old. episode will go live on July 26th. Oh, shit. Really? Okay. There you it's go. I thought it was the first week of the month. No? Do we not yeah, this is no, last week of the month now. It hasn't last been first week of the month in a long time. I don't know, man. You gave me a calendar and I still can't keep track. <laughs> anyway. Inside baseball. Wish me a happy birthday anyway, nerds. Happy, happy birthday. Thanks. Uh, so, anywho, this month was my pick. I chose The Witcher, season three, episode one, with a title I can't pronounce, so I'm not going to try, even though they said it like six times. Um, so, before we get into that, though, I figured, you know, we could give you a quick little reminder you can get in touch with us mail at geekade.com you can let us know if you're watching anything um for anyone who actually does listen to this podcast here's the thing i am struggling to keep up with television and i need <laughs> someone to guide me in a direction of something that is not a waste of my fucking time um <laughs> So if anyone wants to offer a suggestion or, you know what, give me something that's a waste of my time. Have me rage. I'd like something older. I don't, I don't think I actually want something new at this point. And there's a lot of television I haven't seen. So I would like a suggestion. Um, so, you know, throw that in our inbox. Hit us up, please. For the love of God. Don't make me make decisions. Uh, so anywho, hey guys, how we doing? Good. Good. <laughs> Same. Always with the enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. we're an exciting we're, bunch. We're, in, this we're in our forties, and we yeah. live in America. It's not depressing to be us at all, you guys. <laughs> I worked at convention, 
and I sold a bunch of stuff, but now my back hurts. I worked at a convention, I sold a bunch of stuff, and my back hurts. And you're sick. All right, it's not not a competition. I I sold a bunch of stuff at a convention, my back doesn't hurt. Well, so that that means you win. (laughs) Yeah, it's a competition, and you win. Okay, I changed my mind. It is a competition (laughs) if I win. Wait, wait, wait. If we're going to talk about winning competitions, I win, because I didn't do a convention. I sat my ass in front of a pool for two hours this weekend, and it was amazing. I also swam in said pool. Ew, gross. Yeah, I win. Like, that's human. But does suit. your back hurt? Not even a little. <laughs> All right. Anywho, Karen still how was your show? <laughs> yeah, Karen, how did you do? Because if anybody hasn't followed Karen on social media at this point, get the fuck out. But, like, honestly, it was such a beautiful setup, and you had so much product. Like, how did how'd it go? It, uh, thank you. Um, it went okay for me. It was about, you know, an average show for me. Not great, not terrible. Um, okay. I worked really hard to get stocked up, and um, there's a lot of pieces that I made that were, like, specifically for that show, and most of what sold were those, so that was good. Nice. Um, yeah. What kind of show so, What was it? It was a video game show, right? It's a video game Do con. You, got you. Oh, wait, Literally, you that's too many the games. name of it, a video game con. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, not too many games. You were at a video game up in uh, Parsipani, right? Yes. Yep. And uh, the wonderful you... Matt Much stopped by and hung out at our table for a while. So. We love Did you, Matt. Matt Much? Oh, my God. Did you guys know that at Garden State Comic Fest, Matt was my booth babe for a little while? And <laughs> I did not know that, did. but that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I made money because Matt was there. I'm saying. going to say, that sounds effective. <laughs> it was. <laughs> I don't know if any of you out there have ever seen Matt much in person, but he's is got Is that presence. why we are rolling in money? Is that why we're flush with cash now? <laughs> flush with cash. Someone just like walked up to us at one point and was like making it rain. And they're like, that man is beautiful. And I was like, you know what? <laughs> Let me a... draw him. <laughs> <laughs> I made Ethan really draw me uncomfortable. Like one of your French girls. <laughs> <laughs> Can I tell that story, babe? Which one? <laughs> the one where I made you really uncomfortable because I told a guy he looked like Blackbeard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i can't remember when that we was were at, so evan was getting ready for his show in philly while i was getting ready when well, before i went up to jersey to do my show this was at too many games yes and uh we went to a fedex store to get all of the stuff that he needed and like the guy behind the counter just had like he had a look he had like he had like a, a very well-groomed beard and i just pictured if he like grew it out a little bit scraggly stuck some random shit in it and lit it on fire he could be a black beard and i was like i just think that's so cool and i was like babe 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 i want to draw him i gotta tell him i want to take his picture no no, no. Like, you did not, not say you did not say that you said it to him first well, and I did. then converted yes. with me because i didn't think it was going to be as big a deal as it was spoiler alert it was a bigger deal than i thought it would be it was weird and it was awkward he's like thanks i thought it was great because uh-huh. i usually lead with like hey i'm an artist and you know that works <laughs> this time you led with you'd make a really good black beard well, what yeah it's okay fine. strange lady get yeah, out of my fence. i guess i'm more awkward than i realized no I'm, i knew i was pretty awkward <laughs> so anyway that was our adventure and chris you were set up there as well correct at, at your show yes we were i was set up there as well and this is probably going to be my last uh, con selling things because i have sold enough things where i don't think i have enough things left to justify a con <laughs> anymore uh which is good which is what i was aiming for the uh you know the 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 idea would be to sell off stuff in my collection that i don't particularly 
need anymore or even really like have any real significant attachment to and uh, have, like, or things that I will never have room it. to display. And uh, we're we're in the we're in the process of attempting to get ourselves a, a second car, okay. uh, which we've been without for a very 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 long time. And, Everybody uh, on the podcast and in the universe, cross your fingers for us. Yes, yeah, so a friend of ours is selling his car, and we're like, we're so close to being able to afford it because right, he's he's selling the car, which means that we don't have to go through a dealership, right? Which means that we could actually you know uh, potentially afford to do this. Um, and we're just extraordinarily close. We're right there, but we need just a little bit more a month to make it work. You know what I mean? Like if we do it now, we could theoretically do it, but then we're basically just living paycheck to paycheck. Theoretically, Mm -hmm. if we can, if we can safely get ourselves a reliable extra, like couple hundred bucks a month, then we're in, then we're in business. Yeah. We're in fat city. Then we can comfortably get the car and still continue to, you know, live and that's what the plan is you know well here's hoping living that is a good plan yeah right living is good living and potentially being able to drive to two different places at the same time i know like i have wanted to go visit uh my my good friend mr mike sheridan up in north jersey for a good long while and going to do that when i'm the only one with like if i take the only car to do that i can't go stay there for like a weekend because mm. then <laughs> yeah, no. Karen and the kids are without a vehicle for a whole weekend. It's a, there, there's a lot of things that would be uh, better if uh, that wasn't car, the, yeah. That, yeah, that wasn't the case. I have some, I, I did think of one delightful, positive thing to share. Yay. Instead of always being doomy and gloomy. <laughs> As of this week, our six-year-old daughter is a cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to burn off some of that extra energy. <laughs> I want to be excited, but I'm scared now. <laughs> well, you should. I be. think I think both is the correct response. Um, so yeah, she joined the uh, the local cheer squad, and she's been going to cheer camp and learning all sorts of stunts and things. Um, she's very excited about it. Oh, she's very cute. <laughs> Well, if she's happy, then I'm happy for her. Yes. And I'm dealing with all sorts of, like, you know, ancillary big feelings about it. Because, you know, there are stereotypical things about cheerleaders that are stereotypical for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, That I'm trying to, like, you know, steer around. And there is the fact that uh, she, some of her friends have, like, I mean, they're little kids. But they have, like crop tops that are just like you know tank tops but cropped yep they're basically six-year-old sports bras um and she wanted one because it's really hot where she practices and there's no air conditioning so um that just brought up a lot of feelings (laughs) like it makes sense because it's basically just exercise gear but also it's a sports bra i don't know it's it's weird i don't like it but well, it, it takes it. people to a place where the, you're expecting that on somebody older. And so, you know, it's because of the way people think about the body and, mm-hmm. you know, how it's. Yeah. Yeah. It's bringing up a lot of body image stuff. And then, like, on the way to camp this morning, I'm driving her and there's a dude jogging down the road with no shirt on. And she's like, how come boys can wear no shirts when they're exercising and girls can't? And I'm like, yeah. oh, God. 
Yeah. <laughs> it, it steered very close to the discussion of why are private parts private? And I was like, I've not had enough coffee for this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready for this level of parenting today. <laughs> why are private parts private? <laughs> Come ask me in like five years. <laughs> I'll need that much coffee. <laughs> I haven't yeah. even had this talk with your brother yet, and he's older. That's a thing I think people take for granted is like the level of parenting involved in actual parenting. Like the shit you have to talk to your kids about, I don't envy you. <laughs> well, it is every day is an adventure. Love this. Oh. Well, anyway, do we want to talk about TV? Sure. Yes. Cool. Our escape from all this nonsense. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Oh. Uh, okay. So, who's gonna go first? Karen, would you like to just go because you're already chatting a little bit? Sure. Um, I, you know, speaking of escapes, uh, <laughs> I have been particularly escaping. Um, so I have binged the entire series of a show called Emily in Paris, which is a Netflix show. Uh, It was on recommendation from my sister, like, a while ago. Like, she's been telling me to watch this show for a couple years. And I avoided it because I heard, like, I heard some criticism of it. Like, you know, it's not the greatest. I get where they're coming from. Anyway, so it's about this young woman... Uh, who's American and she uh, works in a marketing firm and her boss is supposed to go on a business trip to Paris to check on a, like a company that they own over there. But then her boss finds out she's pregnant. So the girl ends up going and working in Paris and falling in love and yada, yada. It's a very like fluffy rom-com. It's cute. Um, It's kind of soapy. It's bordering on soapy now after three seasons. That's why you binged um, it, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, I'll, like a lot of the criticism that I've seen of it is like, like you can't take it that seriously. But like, it, that's not what it's trying to do. You know, it's just trying to be a lighthearted piece of entertainment. Um, I think it's, uh, you know, they're saying like, oh, you know, it's portrayal of french people isn't accurate because you know it's it's not flattering and like well but the show is told through her eyes through an american's eyes so Mm -hmm. like there's there's a certain perception that the the show is trying to carry off and i think it does a good job um but it's it's a fun show it's a nice distraction it's exactly what i need to just be like light fluffy pieces of cotton candy um it's hot people having hot people problems. <laughs> We're hot people, but that's because it's summer. Yeah. Yes. Completely different de- definition of hot people. There there are moments where it takes me out of it because like she's supposed to one of the like, one of the things about her is she's supposed to be like super 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 good at her job. Uh-huh. And in some ways she is, and in other ways you're like <laughs> she involves her business and her personal life way too much and like things should go wrong for her way more often than they do like you know there's a guy that she's interested in and he's a chef in a restaurant and like so she gets a client at work to back him to have his own restaurant and like this is gonna blow up in your face like what are you doing (laughs) um 
I don't, you know, for the most part, I don't care. It's fun. I like it. Uh, Lily Collins is the lead, and she is charming. And uh, I found out that it did get renewed for season four, which is very good because the ending of season three was a cliffhanger. So, I, yeah, I guess that's like a risk we don't. I haven't really been thinking about too much. Is like, I also prefer to usually try and watch shows that are like kind of complete at this point. I think because. Mm-hmm. You know the the number of things that do get canceled now is it's just upsetting sometimes, especially at Netflix. Yeah. Really? Well, also um, now with everything that's going on with the writers and the the actors, strikes mm-hmm. we literally have no idea what entertainment we're going to get for the next two years. Yeah. Um, so, and, and we all remember what happened last time. Yes. Uh. So. Dark times. I you know it is disappointing to know to to. To be like, well, I just, you know, got a new show that I love and I can't wait for the next season. And now God knows when I'm going to get it. So, yeah, I was, <sighs> I was, I looked it up on IMDb and I was, there's a video playing and it gives me very, um, the way the, the images that I'm seeing, I get a very sex in the city vibe. It is from the it. same creator there as sex in the city. Well done. Um, but yes. it's not as like, I don't know. There was something like kind of toxic about Sex and the City after a while. Um, this is all very like positive. It, it's up So its this time. person is not doing the new horrible Sex and the City? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if, if Darren Starr is involved in the reboot. I have a friend um, who wants to watch... Uh, well, we were... Years ago, we started watching the original Sex and the City, and then we were supposed to finish that together. We never did, and I refused to watch it without her. Um, and then recently, we watched uh, House of the Dragon together, and she was like, oh, you know, we could finish Sex and the City if you want. And I was like, well, maybe. And then she's like, and then we can watch the new Sex and the City. And I was like, I think I'm out. But Yeah, don't watch the new one. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. It just had me thinking about that because I was like, well, maybe I could if if it makes sense, like if it's decent. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody had like said that they had watched some of it. What is Carrie Bradshaw's current job in the new show? Because, uh, like, she's, there's she's no way a, she's an advice columnist. No, that's... she's still a writer. Um, she was, and like, basically, she's a writer um, that's getting kind of being kind of a dinosaur in the world of new media like she shows up on a podcast and like tanks that appearance because she's not a podcast like she just doesn't she, her, she's not of the podcast generation and she's incredibly unlikable but oh yeah that's it <laughs> um so i'm not I exactly mean, sure what her job is but i know she's still a writer and they killed chris Noth, right yes on the first episode of the new reboot which one is that? What Big? the hell? Or is that Mr. Else? Big. Yeah. <laughs> Remember him. AKA yeah. Detective Logan from Law and Order. I mean the the only two right. people who sure. win in in the uh in the Sex and the City reboot are Chris Noth and Kim Cattrall because they were either not involved <laughs> or out very quickly. <laughs> I don't even know who they are. Chris Noth is Mr. Big and Kim Cattrall is Samantha. She isn't on the reboot. Ah, uh, yes. Well, they like she, there yeah, was a cho- there was a very public falling out between her and um, Sarah Jessica Parker. 
she also chose to be the lead or one of like the mother in how i met your father which is really uncomfortable listen all i can say is uh she was my favorite part of the show so if she's not in i'm not sure i want to watch to be honest i mean she was my yeah, favorite also Madigan it's not very good <laughs> well yeah, yeah i think too. the ship has sailed on that show <laughs> oh good glad nobody's watching it moving on <laughs> All right, so so what was your overall opinion of this show then, Karen? You're happy with it? You want another season? Would you recommend yes. it? I, excuse me, I would recommend it as long as you're not going to take it too seriously. I have it on in the background while I'm working um, on the rare occasions that that's possible for me in the summer. Um, and it's a nice way to pass the time. It's like, I, I just read this really serious book not too long ago. And when I was done with it, I was like, someone please hand me a romance novel immediately and this is the tv version of that okay there it is that works i'm glad well i'm glad that you got something then because that sounds like a very sad book what book was it it's the school for good mothers uh it's a great book but a very hard read cool we can talk about that later so anybody who wants to talk about that yeah because all right anyway moving on chris what have you been watching uh, pass. Go to somebody else. I'm doing what? something stupid. Oh, God. I'll go. Thank you. <laughs> I'm uh, doing the, the gambling thing. I'm trying to make uh, money, all right? We got need a it, car. Got it, got it. <laughs> winning a new car. <laughs> Daddy um, needs a new car. God, somebody call Oprah. <laughs> so, <laughs> my birthday was recently, and for my birthday, I'm going to say that my lovely wife told my mother what gift to give me is that correct honey (laughs) yes all right so for a while i've been watching um these videos on youtube so uh it's it's from the group called uh, corridor digital and they are corridor digital react videos and and i've been watching them on facebook for a while i really enjoy them like 15 minutes and youtube and uh on youtube excuse me um and i they finally got me a subscription to their site um they have every sort of video that they do all in this is this one place but they're most of them are extended as well so that's the the great part about this but my favorite video series is their react series and it's um vfx artists react to bad and good cgi stunt women react to bad and good stunts stunt men react to bad and good stunts and then a series called animators react to bad and great animation and it's literally- have they reacted to the flash movie yet because <laughs> not yet and i'm waiting for that to come so so it they they take a lot of requests from their you know their their commenters about what they should be talking about and usually um when it's the VFX artist, it's like it's because Corridor Crew is, is a VF, VFX studio and it's three of them talking about what they're watching and what's good about it, what's bad about it, why the behind the scenes and, and the, the, the actual like what goes into making the, these digital effects. And they'll go way back and talk about, you know, like the, the Star Wars stuff. And they, they had at one point in time, they had Adam Savage on where he was you know he did a lot of the models for or the miniatures for like the the i think he was on the for second and third 
prequel um, where they they were still doing model work or, or miniature work and to hear them talk like it because they're all really passionate about what they're watching and it's it's so so interesting um because like you know it's it's stuff that i watch and i take for granted but you know bad cgi when you see it and now i know why it's bad cgi and like on the technical aspect of it and not just because you know this just looks weird kind of thing um their animators react series has been great they've gotten some great um like disney animators and and other studio houses and they go through some great animation and and talk about the history and what it takes to you know bring this stuff in essence to life um i highly recommend it even if you're just watching it on youtube just look up corridor crew they have hundreds of videos at least 150 of these react videos um and they're really knowledgeable they they really they're they're i the only thing i can say is they're truly passionate about what they're talking about and that like comes out in the video it's it's a lot of fun and it's, and it's really informational as well at the same time so i highly highly recommend it so do you want to share like one because we've watched a number of them do you want to share like maybe one of your like a good episode to start with like one of your top two or three Oof. um so i i am really into the 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 animators react ones i really like that um there was the the, the problem is is like on their um their site they're not really numbered well um it would be like one two three four five six seven eight nine the ninth animators react video um is uh nico and ren who are like they're the two main guys that work with corridor crew and they have um an art director eric coing coning on and he's the guy who like he knows the ins and outs about like how they made roger rabbit come to life and they talk about like the iron giant and like that was the first animators react video i watched because like you know the 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 thumbnail was a picture of these three guys and roger rabbit and then the iron giant's face i'm like i have to see what this is um any of the special effects ones with adam savage on it because I mean, the joy in which that man brings to whatever show he's on, especially stuff about special effects and CGI is so worth the watch. And um, there was there there was one where they were talking the the stuntmen react where there was um uh, like a, a an overarching story about um Jackie Chan stuff. Yeah, where they show like. <laughs> there's an actual special like a like a documentary about jackie chan and jackie chan's stunt crew but it's about this this particular video and i want to say it was like the 32nd ish one um they were talking about the the americanization of jackie chan's stuff where like they in in america they have five or six takes that's it jackie chan in wherever he whenever he's running the show 30 40 50 takes if necessary to get it right wow and you could see the difference in that and and when i say 30 40 50 takes that's jackie doing that like he'll get kicked (laughs) air quoting that 30 times up until make it it looks right and that's the big difference between you know 
us and them kind of thing what 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 they put into those special effects or those 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 stunt those stunts mm-hmm. um i mean and it, it was actually <laughs> there was one where they were talking about um a i don't know what movie it was but it was uh a a mike tyson versus oh fuck who's that 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 guy he was um he was a stunt man who just got oh my god i can't remember his name he he got really big in like the late 90s and he just pretty much slaps people around all the time but um it's gonna it's gonna come to me in a second he had a, a contract where he was not allowed to lose and they brought him in for like two or three days to do all of his stuff and there was a fight between him and mike tyson and then they you know like okay you're done go home and then they brought in a stunt double for this guy and they had fucking mike tyson beat the ever-living piss out of the stunt double i found it hysterical because <laughs> that's like that's the things i want to see in a behind the scenes kind of kind of show and that's what this is it's a lot of it's a lot of fun and it's really really informative as well so yeah i have to say one thing that's been really cool because i of course end up like nerding out and watching these with him is that it's also informing my craft like I love the way that they will talk about when they do the stuntman react, they will talk about the importance of storytelling in a fight and how it should further the story and how you have effective storytelling in um, certain films. And they will reference people like Jackie Chan and they will look at his stuff and be like, this is why it's so effective. And it's amazing because as a comic artist, like I'll be like, yeah, holy shit. Like the way that, they talk about setting up movements and how to capture them and you know do you want to like how do you sell your punches and how do you move your body and when you're in in a fight scene and um what kind of storytelling are you using and and like uh the way that they would show how uh they oh my god the comparison between like how jackie chan scenes are filmed when he's fighting versus versus the monster hunter movie oh my god <laughs> Jackie Chan, one wow cut. i forgot that movie existed no cut yeah, no so cut away no, no 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 quick cuts okay they showed that monster hunter movie where the monster comes out of the sand and it what um and it wasn't that wasn't even a stuntman reacts that was a like that special one effect was one. a special effects one but it was just the way that they were talking about how editing can like completely ruin something it was like in a i think four or five second span there was like 16 cuts it was and it's the one with oh. to- tony ja yeah and he, like the this the the the, the the guess that they hide on like if you're doing a cut it's to progress the story like if you don't cut away if you're cutting away and then cutting back to the same exact thing that you left there's no reason for you to cut away yeah unless you're trying to hide something and in an overall scene this monster comes out of the sand and i think it was tony Shaw, if i'm not mistaken was the actor that was in that movie he is turning around and pulling a bow to shoot a giant arrow at this monster in essence the scene takes five six seconds it's it's at the end of the day he was like 32 cuts it was ridiculous how many times they cut back and forth at one point in time they were just walking and then it was sand walking and then sand. like there's no reason for this and yeah the way that they were cutting it was it was just really bad edits and like then they would go in and they'd be like well this is like they wouldn't actually you know film it although they have done that in some episodes um they they would be like well this is what i would do to fix this and it's like yeah that makes sense and 
it's really cool because they're like, I would do it this way. And you're like, that's much better. Like, why didn't they just do it that way? And it just makes you really appreciate storytelling more because it's stuff that I'm like, I would watch a film and I'd be like, why do I feel so detached from what's happening right now? Like, why is this so bad? Like, I would know it was bad, but I couldn't explain why. They're giving me the language and the understanding to actually be able to have that conversation when I appreciate or dislike something, which I I love. And it's absolutely correct. Uh, We started, well, at least I started watching movies certain movies because of one of the the videos that i had, had seen was a stuntman react and it was featuring this stunt performer scott adkins <laughs> and he's super charming and he's a phenomenal uh stuntman mm-hmm. but he has done so many movies and when it's a movie filled with stuntmen granted the acting may not be top notch but the fighting and the the action scenes are seamless. They're perfect, and it's it's showing like that. That's what these videos gave to me. They 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 show me the difference between bad cuts like Monster Hunter and when it's a low budget action flick. But they're not paying any of that money of that low budget to big name actors. You're getting a high a, a, a movie that looks good like there was like he was doing things that it looked made it look like old time you know kung fu movies like that stuff's amazing it's hokey as all hell but it's so much fun and that's that's what i'm getting out of this these these videos is this is where i then go and find the stuff to watch later on so yeah top notch highly recommend check it out it sounds uh, like a lot of fun i for one can really appreciate a good fight scene i don't know anything about anything but i know what i like and i and i know what i know quality when i see it yeah. even though I, yeah. if I even if i can't tell you what makes it good um so yeah that was the thing with with scott atkins his one of his credits was he's fought every fighter whose name you know he's fought jackie chan he's fought tony ja he like he, he he fought the guy who played spawn like he's he's been in a fight scene with all of them and it's it just shows how prolific a career he's had by just being a really good stunt dude. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, highly recommend. Cool. Uh, okay, Chris, are you ready to talk yet, or do you want me to talk about? My yes, stuff? I won like eight dollars. It was great. Good <laughs> <Done>. job. <laughs> Thank yes. you. One step closer to that car. There it is. Cool. <laughs> so. I have not just been watching a show. I have been creating a show. Ooh. What? Sort of. Oh All God, right. So, years ago, <laughs> years and years ago, this I want to say fault. five years, five, six years ago. No, maybe like four years ago. I don't know. It was a couple of years ago. <laughs> Longer than that, actually, in my brain. But okay, so in the past. I've been watching the Syphilinali <laughs> show. Uh huh. Um, because I needed something, uh, just wanted something in the background to be comforting, <laughs> and it's one of my comfort shows. Uh, I love that show. But the problem with the Syphilinali show is that, well, there's several problems with it, obviously. But uh, it's, it's sock puppets. But uh, one of the <laughs> not one main of them being content. <laughs> one of the main problems with, uh, specifically with season one, is that it aired out of order. Um, there is, believe it or not, <laughs> if you. If you just caught the show like most people did, 
you know, three o'clock in the morning on MTV, stoned out of your mind, you would never notice these kinds of things. It's just a collection of sock puppets saying silly things. But if you watch the entire show, you realize that there's actually a through line. There's actually a, it's not really a plot, but things progress. Uh, you know, like uh, the, 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 the precious Roy segments. They start off like just Ollie's kind of enthusiastic. And then by the, uh, but eventually like this, he gets more and more unhinged. Or uh, the, during the news segments, uh, Ollie annoys the crap out of Syphil more and more each time. Like, there's, there's kind of interesting through lines that run through the whole thing. The other trouble is, is that the show is very segmented. Um, clearly, they, MTV had run times that they needed to fill, and they would just take random skits to pad run times. So, like, several episodes have the same sketches in them you know, from previous things, but cut down to different lengths just to, to pad the runtime. And eventually, they padded the runtime by throwing music videos in the middle of the show, which served no actual purpose. It'd just be a music video, and then every now and then a sock puppet would show up on the screen dancing to it for, like, a few seconds. It was very strange and ultimately pointless. <laughs> so I had this idea, I've been thinking about it for years, that I would love if I could find a way to put the episodes in order. And so back when I was still at the FAA... I made a, a spreadsheet of all the different skits in Syphil and Ollie uh, for through each episode because I found that they were released on Amazon. Um, except they, so, like they look great uh, officially released on Amazon. I think the official release you can get on YouTube as well. Um, they look great, but they're missing a bunch of stuff. Uh, they they squished two episodes together to make them one long one, which is fine. It's easy to mess around with, but uh, a lot of the songs that they sang, they just didn't get the licenses for. So there's stuff missing. So my plan was to make a check, make, make a big spreadsheet and figure out what belongs where and then re-edit the show in order. But I didn't really have the, I didn't have the technology at the time to actually make this happen. But Evan was a huge help. He recorded all of the episodes manually off of uh, Amazon, except uh, two of them that were missing. But then I recorded them myself since he taught me how he did it, which was super clever. I don't know why I didn't think to just shove a capture card into my Apple TV, but here we are. Uh, because so, it's not legal. That's why you didn't do it. Oh, my God, guys. We're this. recording this. <laughs> so I, I, I did all I, I did all this. I Now I have all the footage. And I found through the Internet Archive, somebody had... Um, uh, compiled a bunch of the best VHS rips that they could find, and they included all of the uh, the commercial interstitials. Because when I used to watch this show all the time, when when it was airing originally, I had recorded it off a of TV, and I had like most of the show just recorded off MTV. And since it was on the, those recordings, it was uh, I I remember so specifically all of the coming up after the break, and be sure to watch this stuff on tomorrow's show. Like that stuff's all cut out of the. Uh, official releases and it kind of makes me sad because it was like it was just part of the show's initial personality so i went through and i compiled all this this information and then i i i brought up my uh since i was watching the show i was like you know what i think i can actually do this now because i've been doing a lot of video editing and i've gotten a lot better at it and i have a new computer that's capable of doing this and rendering it in, in high quality so what the heck i'm gonna do it so, I am seven episodes in? Yeah, I've done the first seven episodes, uh, which has been an interesting process, because they they aired them out of order uh, in a weird way. Like, they, the first episode, if you were running it chronologically, theoretically, would be episode 16. 
but then like wow. the, the episodes themselves were like they did 16 17 18 19 20 and then one and then they kind of went in order after that so they're mostly kind of like the episodes themselves are in an order they just kind of started with 16 and then looped back to one for some reason no idea why but the uh the then i as i was looking through this i was like ah oh, you know the sketches themselves are still kind of out of order like they'll they'll show a sketch where they introduce a character but like in an earlier episode they were already talking to that character like they knew who that was so i kind of went through and shifted as many things around as i could to make them make sense uh to the best of my ability and it involved moving a few things around and having to like grab the uh episode interstitials from the uh the, the the VHS rips I found on the Internet Archive and and stick them where they belong, but I started doing this and I started uploading to my YouTube channel just to see how long they'd last. And I'm seven episodes in and there's not a single copyright claim for them, which I find utterly fascinating. Um, so I went over to the Sifilinali Sockheads Reddit page, uh, where I had posted years ago that I had I, years ago I had went and found the YouTube episodes. So like. The show had been off the air for years, and then it came back as a YouTube show uh, on Machinima. And then, like, I think they did six on Machinima, and then it moved over to Nerdist. Mm -hmm. But then after Machinima went under, all the episodes disappeared from YouTube, including the Nerdist ones. So I went through the Internet Archive, and I found a way to download the files from there, and I re-uploaded them to my channel. And uh, there was a handful of people that were really excited about that. Um, so I posted about that in the Reddit, and I said, when I did that, it's like, here's all these episodes... I salvage them on my YouTube channel. Even if they get taken down, I'll find a way to make them public. But they they exist, so don't worry. And uh, I'm also planning on restructuring the entire Sifilinali series someday, so keep your eyes peeled for that. So years later, I finally jump back in the red and be like, hey, I'm finally doing this thing. And this other dude jumped in and was like, holy crap, I can't believe somebody's doing this. I tried to do it years ago, and I failed miserably, but here's all of my notes. And he had, like, <laughs> this giant spreadsheet that was uh, even more detailed than mine. And what he was trying to do was something that I thought about and then decided it was way too much effort. Uh, was that, so, Ollie, the sock puppet Ollie wears a shirt, whereas Syphil does not. Um, Syphil's just a black sock. And Ollie's a white sock with some sort of, like, shirt sleeve, which is supposed to represent a shirt. And they actually did... There were, th what, one, two, three... There were four different shirts that Ollie wore throughout the season, and they ran for five episodes in a row, which I never really noticed. That they were just kind of grouped together like that. But the things... There were several skits that got shifted out of order, and he was like, you know, we sh what I was trying to do... What he was trying to do with his list was reconstruct the episodes so that every episode only had Ollie wearing, like, one shirt per episode. So I ran with that for a little while, and I tried to piece the series together so that he was only wearing one shirt per episode, and it just doesn't add up, because apparently what it seems to me is that they wound up kind of structuring a bunch of things and then shooting a bunch of extra stuff later to kind of turn them into episodes. Okay. And those things had him in, like, different outfits. There was just no way to make it make sense to fit all the individual things with him wearing the right shirt together. So I decided to just stick with... He just goes through costume changes throughout the episode. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> Who's paying attention this much? These are the, these are the ravings of a madman. Uh, I'm crazy enough as it is. But I did try to make it work with the shirts, and it just doesn't. 
Um, so, yeah, that's what I've been doing. It's been a really fascinating experience to try and make this all make sense, and I'm hoping I'm doing it right, because after I finish season one, I hope to, like, put it on in the background and kind of watch it again and see if everything I did actually makes sense and actually progresses the way that I want it to. Um, and if I did it right, then it'll be easy. Like, everything after that's relatively easy. Season two is the only other season that aired on TV, and that one is already perfectly in order, except every episode had a segment called Kicking It Old School in order to, again, pad the runtime. They took uh, just a chunk from season one and threw it in as a segment called Kicking It Old School. <laughs> so I'm just going to go ahead and yank those all the fuck out. Uh, season three is super interesting, right? So season three never aired, and way back in the old days before YouTube, uh, they released season three kind of as um, a DVD. There was one DVD. It was called uh, Season Three The Lost Episodes. And it just had all these skits together as, um, as one. Jeez, I don't even know how long it was, like maybe 40 minutes or so. That was uh, really funny, but it was, they weren't like complete episodes. So it was just all bundled together as this one thing as season three. So for the official Amazon releases, they actually took that stuff and split it into two different episodes to tack on to seasons one and two as unaired episodes. Unaired pilots, yeah. But all the, all the content from the season three is actually there. So when I was making my spreadsheet, I noticed that when you're watching the season three DVD, so every episode of Sifflinali ends with a song, and before the song, there's this little, little, little interstitial thing, it's almost the end of the show. And there were six almost-the-end-of-the-show songs during this Season 3 thing. So what I figured out was that you can edit, it to edit the show into six mini-episodes with four skits, four skits each and make a uh, little mini-episode season. So six mini-episodes would be Season 3. Okay. Nice. So once it, and then I just have the Season 4 stuff, which is what I'm calling the, the YouTube shows, and I just have that all just already on my youtube channel and once i'm done i'll add that to the playlist and then the full syphil and holly escapades will be on my youtube channel as un- god intended as god as intended god for intended. some damn reason i cannot so like when i uploaded the old the machinima stuff and the nerdist stuff um they got copyright claimed but not like taken down they got um what do they call it uh yeah, not even all of them, actually. Uh, the first one, the first episode, Easy as Pie, got copyrighted, which meant, means that I can't collect any money yeah, from it. Yeah, can't make money on it. Um, but none of the rest of them, uh, none of the Machinima ones got claimed for copyright, except for the first one, Easy as Pie. And then all of the Nerdist ones got copyrighted. But again they're still public. You can still absolutely view them. I just can't make any money off of them. Not that I'm planning on it. I'm not, not out to make a buck off of this stuff. I'm just trying to put it out there. We're trying somewhere. to get a car, but we're not trying that hard. Yeah. Or I'm just here to, to, to do this so that it exists on the internet somewhere. So, uh, well, another fun thing that, that I found out today, uh, when I was looking through the, the files that Evan gave me, he has a file called season zero where did you get that stuff from? Do you remember? Oh, no idea. I got that a while ago, and, um... Jeez, I couldn't even tell you where I got that from. I know it was pre... 
season one. Like it was, it, I, I, I wish I could remember. It was, it was, a, it was so long ago that I don't. I'm sorry. So I'm, I was looking through it today, and because uh, I'm trying to gather together all the tertiary stuff too to throw up. Like after I'm done doing the cephalonoli, just kind of like to complete things. Like one of the things I found was uh, somebody had an old VHS tape that Liam Lynch and Matt Crocco did. They're the creators of cephalonoli. Uh, called Welcome to Earth, Volume 1, which is just, like, the weirdest shit you've ever seen. Like, it makes Syphilinale look flat-out tame by comparison. Uh, and there was a second one that they did that I, it was a DVD that I got off of this Syphilinale website years and years and years and years and years ago, uh, which is also insane. And uh, so I was going to throw those two and, like, whatever else I could find. Like, there was a, a really cool behind-the-scenes making of thing that was up on Machinima for a while that I ripped that out, too. Um, but I was looking at these things that you got listed as pre-MTV, and I'd seen these somewhere before, um, but not all of them are pre-MTV stuff. Like, um, they're, it's missing a handful of, I, I'm, I'm so curious where these came from, because you have them listed as like season zero, episode two, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, All those were torrent from somewhere. Like it was, it was something yeah. that was grabbed. I didn't do any sort of research yeah. on them. I just don't know where I got them from. So they were pulled from somewhere and a handful of things are missing, but some of them are, uh, they appear to be videos from another project that, uh, Liam and Lynch and uh, Matt Crocco did called, I think, Welcome to Earth. Okay. Uh, no, not Welcome to Earth. Oh, Welcome to America. That was it. And uh, so, like, it's a video about Ansel Adams and a video about Davy Crockett. Uh, but then the rest of them are all these really cool sketches from, like, a lot of them reappeared as newer, like, new recordings of them for uh, season one episodes. But they're really, they're really fascinating stuff to look at. It must have been, like, and those are the, on- they're tiny, tiny files, right? Yeah, they're extremely. Like, like they, they were clearly shot on like VHS, some sort of home video thing. videos kind of thing size. Yeah, they're really, really tiny. Uh, and but the very last one is really cool because the last one isn't pre MTV. The last one is like cut from season one, so it's like it's the it's not a tiny file. It looks just like the TV show, but it's from a skit that. Um, it's it was a skit that was apparently originally intended to open an episode because it has Chester introduce them and they say you know welcome to the show and then they start beatboxing and that's just a regular sketch in the show where it just starts with them immediately beatboxing and then it ends with them cracking up um, but it was originally intended to be an episode opener but there's no episode for it to, to attach to because there's episode openers for everything else so it's it's kind of a fascinating thing it's like a wow it's weird. <laughs> What's weird to me is the level of <laughs> care you have for this project. Like, and I don't mean that in a like, oh, this is stupid kind of way. I mean that in like, I cannot wrap my head around what it is like to be such a fan of, of something that you are like deconstructing <laughs> and reconstructing it. Especially this. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Chris. <laughs> yeah. Like, honestly, the fact that it's this is odd to me. <laughs> do you remember hon the first time i made you watch this yeah i hated it we we sat we sat in bed i turned on one episode we watched it and at the she's like what is this and i'm like this is a chris thing we watched it and then we both looked at each other and went what the fuck did we just watch yeah i like i i really questioned our friendship chris i really did because i was like is he insane like is there 
I, I actually at one point wondered, I was like, either I'm too stupid for this or it's too stupid for me. And I'm really doubtful that it's the latter and not the former. So this must be some sort of brilliant comedy that ju- I just can't wrap my head around. That's exactly what it is. Honey. <laughs> I don't know that I'd call it. Look, I, I would personally call it brilliant because of how completely insane it is. And there are some things in here that are just unbelievable. Like, this show makes me laugh so goddamn hard because of how weird it is and how random it is. But what mm-hmm. it's what draws me to this show is the unbelievable natural chemistry these two guys have together. Like, so much of this show is just the two of them talking to each other and seeing how long they can go without laughing. Mm-hmm. Of just like coming up with these completely absurd conversations about like I don't know d- d- looking for some sort of cave, and then one of them will throw a complete curveball and be like, "Yeah, so I'm standing there with like eight hundred dollars worth of bananas," and like you can see them, tr- you can you can't you can almost sort of see them trying not to laugh while they're doing it, which is fascinating because the way they did the show is they would just record the segments and then. Liam Lynch would do all the sock puppetry himself, and he would act out whatever they did. So if they busted up laughing, he would act out the two of them, like, cracking or breaking character and busting up laughing (laughs) in a really fascinating, like, display of puppetry. It's, like, absolutely insane. It was insane the level of care that went into the show in the first place. Um... And I just think there's a lot of stuff in here that's legitimately funny. Like, I think the Precious Story Home Shopping Network and Ollie losing his mind is just absolutely hilarious. Like, the whole bottomless pools thing. I, I yelled about uh, I, uh, bottomless pools in the beginning. And he follows up that line by saying, I want to dive to depths that will kill me. And that's just hilarious. <laughs> yeah, see, that that level of fandom, like... There are things I really love, but like, I don't know. I just don't, I don't think I feel love like you do, Chris. It's an immensely comforting show for me. It was, yeah, I, I used, this is like the thing I used to go to sleep to when, when I, I would just had a TV in my room with a VCR. And so all the weird shows I'd tape off MTV, like Liquid Television and The State and Syphil and Ollie, I would play those and then eventually just fall asleep and they would run all night. And so like this, these things are just ingrained in my head. Uh, but it's the, that chemistry between these two dudes that made this show, this completely ridiculous show that somehow MTV found and was like, you know what? Let's fund this. (laughs) Like somebody at MTV found this and said, we're going to do this twice. (laughs) They let this air for two seasons and they let a third season get started. And I don't know, man, I, I, I think it's brilliant. But I totally understand why other people don't. Like that's this is not a show that I think is for everyone. But I do think I do think it's hard to watch this show at its best and not at least chuckle at some of the absurdity that goes on. I just looked at the uh the Wikipedia page for the Syphil and Ali show and you know, the, there's a little breakdown that says, you know, created by starring, blah blah blah. And it says genre surreal comedy. <laughs> That is exactly what this is. It is incredibly surreal. <laughs> a form of humor predicated on deliberate violations of casual reasoning and thus producing events and behaviors that are obviously illogical. <laughs> portrayals of 
surreal humor tend to involve bizarre <laughs> juxtaposition, incongruity, non sequiturs, irrational and absurd situations, and oop, and expressions of and expressions of nonsense. <laughs> that's that's truly it. That's it right there. It's gonna be like Chris's autobiography <laughs> subtitle. I love nonsense. nonsense. I love well-executed nonsense. There are a few things in this more in this world I love more than well-executed nonsense. <laughs> there it is, people. That's fair enough. I think that you have a brilliant mind and a fucked-up sense of humor. <laughs> I think also that weirdly somehow, um, this is like the first ever case of like genetic fandom. <laughs> because our kids no. love this really <laughs> uh yes and i mean they haven't seen all of it but they you know we have a playlist of some of the songs they find them hilarious they you know sing along they memorize them john will bust out random quotes occasionally um if he's been consuming a lot of it lately um i find the show funny but okay. part of my enjoyment of it is because of how much he loves it <laughs> and like uh, how I enjoy I, or appreciate something that makes someone I love so happy. I see um, that. Yeah, I get that. I also find it funny, but like it is enhanced <laughs> by that. And I don't find it as funny, I think, as he does. But it is made funnier by the fact that he finds it so funny. But our kids, man. <laughs> yeah. They're into it. <laughs> there, there's there's a, there's a song a about... I didn't know that. Feed the Sharks. <laughs> from sharks. one of the newest... From, Feed the from, Sharks. From the YouTube so season. Good. And... They just... They just love it. Well, well I mean... Liam Lynch has done a bunch of stuff. Like, he's... He's actually had a a whole he's got a whole freaking career, man. He's a uh, let's see, he was um he was uh he wrote the the music for the show Clone High that I know a lot of people mm -hmm. like. He uh directed a bunch of Sarah Silverman specials. Um he uh did he worked with Tenacious D a bunch. Um he let's see, he did what did he do? He's credited on YouTube. Band. Oh, he he directed the music video uh, Craigslist for Weird Al. Uh, he's 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 done a lot of stuff. Oh, Weird stuff, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> and then, but seriously, if you think this show's weird, steer well clear of Welcome to Earth One and Two. They are completely unhinged. Okay, they're they're too weird for even me these days. Someone cut him off. <laughs> All right, so um, I was watching some television too, uh, and by I was watching other. some television too, I didn't really watch anything other than the same things I've been watching, which has been Poker Face, which I finished, Supernatural, which I'm moving through season seven, and uh, I tried to be like, oh, let me try something new, and I watched the first episode of uh, Secret Invasion. Ooh. Yep, it's yes, a show. We, we're, we're all caught up on Secret Invasion. Okay, well, I didn't find the first episode intriguing or uh, exciting. I was disappointed with the end of what happened in that episode. It done did her dirty. That's uh, not right. Yes. Yeah. Well, well, all right, come on. This is Secret Invasion. 
we won't know what happens until we won't know what actually happened until this show is over. Yes, that's all I'm saying. Right. That's also true. I mean, it true. seems seems probable that was an actual death, and if that was the case, no, I'm not thrilled. But I don't believe shit until I I don't believe anything about this show until it's over because that's what Secret Invasion is. Uh-huh. Yeah, and also like I don't know, man. I guess I'm just. It felt like a repetition of the same kind of formula we've already seen in a lot of Marvel stuff. And, like, the fact that they're like, uh, Nick, you, you haven't been the same since the, the blip or whatever. Like, I'm like, yeah, okay, man, he's in fucking space. Maybe he's not the same because he went to fucking space. Like, also, he said a lot of shit happened. And also, like, I don't <laughs> Give know. Give the guy a break. <laughs> yeah. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, if he's not the same Nick Fury, why the fuck am I watching this? So I, I just had, like, weird feelings because I don't have, like, strong attachment to Nick Fury, and I wasn't, like, super, ex- like, I've just slowly kind of fallen off the Marvel bandwagon, and I was kind of hoping that this was going to maybe get me back on the Marvel bandwagon, and it, it, it didn't. It probably just reinforced the fact that I don't really care about Marvel shows right now, and it was weird because, like, I watch a lot of, like I watch shit television and I will watch it and be like that's okay like this is I know what I'm in for and I've set my expectations accordingly and like I just I don't know I just wasn't like oh what a surprise like yeah okay uh, you're an alien and your daughter's an alien and she's mad at you and so she's gonna go blow people up like well she's also the mother of dragons so no one's surprised um I see the the problem that I'm having with this show is I don't believe anything because they've set up a precedent for don't believe anything because it could be an alien it couldn't be an alien we have no idea like yeah but like that was the no whole stakes. secret invasion arc was like everything yes, was fucked and absolutely. everyone was confused all the time forever and that, to me that's like there's abs- if I see someone die okay maybe okay like it's i was upset when you know uh i I can't remember his character's name but it was um watson yeah i knew you were gonna say that yep yep (laughs) when when watson died but then all of a sudden he turned into an element fuck i don't have to feel bad anymore like (laughs) yeah um martin freeman is is how i what was his name oh uh everett ross i just looked at everett ross yes okay um uh there's i should say i trying to figure out how to say this without spoiling there's oh, a direction okay. they're take they're taking this because we're caught up um mm-hmm. that brings the stakes mm-hmm. okay that's all i can really say without spoiling but i think um it would you say that like i don't know man i guess i'm just too critical of first episodes now because like i just didn't feel any hook did you feel any hook when you watched the first episode Okay. No, but I'm pretty forgiving of of pilot's disease. Yeah, same here. I I was like, okay, let's see where this goes. I mean, it's a Marvel show. I'm not gonna not watch it. I'm I'm in at this point. It's gonna take a heck of a lot worse than well, anything. For it's gonna go take a lot for me to stop watching Marvel stuff at this point. But yeah. uh, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't blown away by episode one. But I think by episode like by the end of two or even three, I was like, okay. What's next? Like, I'm not like, this is the most amazing shit ever. Like, 
the people were there were a couple of I don't even know if they were real people. I kind of feel like this was something that uh they were trying to to say as often as they could to as a marketing ploy, but there was like the words floating around and there was like this show is Marvel's Andor and I'm like no no nope. it's definitely not no, that. No, it's not. I mean like I I can almost see a, a degree of parallels in that like what they're some of the stuff they're saying and doing in this show really does mean something. So mm-hmm. that's 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 not nothing. But like, Andor really meant something by the end, and that that's not what this is. But it is a it is it has definitely become considerably more compelling, and more things have happened that have been like there was some big reveal last week. It's like yeah, no duh. <laughs> it was like yeah. the oh the big reveal of oh, this guy was a scroll. Like yeah, we all figured that out from like episode one. Like. Come on. As, as I said, they they did that. They revealed that in the writing before they actually showed it to us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the, the but the question is is well how long is this person been a scroll? That's what becomes interesting about it. It's like, all right. So what's the fallout of this? Like, I mean, I, I, you guys don't really care about spoilers and this no. isn't like a huge this isn't a huge reveal. You'll figure it out in the first 5 minutes, but they reveal that uh Rody is a scroll. So okay. <laughs> how long has he been a scroll? And what's going to happen when he's when the real roadie finds out? Because we know Armor Wars is coming, right? Mm-hmm. So Armor Wars is a show that's going to happen that's about roadie dealing with the fact that Stark Tech has now gotten out and it is being used in inappropriate ways. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're now setting up a really interesting... Like, this show is really making me very excited for that show, which is not something that Marvel's been really great at lately, about the whole, like, planting seeds for new shows in the future. Like... I'm sure that Echo show is going to be great, but I can't say that watching her in uh, Hawkeye was just like, yeah, you know what? I really need a show about her or um, everything they did with Ironheart in in uh, in in Wakanda Forever was just like, you didn't need this character here. You're just kind of stuffing your movie extra with it, and there were no rip- long term repercussions for her even being there and having the suit. It was stupid. You're you're not doing a great job with this. But this is a situation where it's like, okay, I'm very curious about where how this leads into armor wars because that is an interesting situation how's mm-hmm. Rody going to react like how long has he been a scroll does he even know that tony stark's dead like is that how long he's been a scroll like who knows it's very mm. interesting is that because it's a legacy character out. what's that i mean everything every other point that you touched upon about not like you don't have a a, a vested interest in seeing them go further is they're all new characters is this because roadie is a legacy character like is that maybe why you're more interested i think it's because um like all right so echo for example Mm -hmm. it's not that i'm not interested in a new series but there wasn't really anything about her that was so extraordinarily interesting in that show that was like oh yeah i need to know what happens with her whereas ironheart was like now I'm very excited for her show because she was okay. a really interesting character in Wakanda Forever. But they went so far as to like give her an Iron Man suit and everything in that movie. Like they went too far with her. And then like you could have saved her building the suit for the show, but now you have her build a suit at Wakanda. So she's already got all the tech. She's got it all figured out now. But then she couldn't keep the suit, so they took it away anyway. So like y- you kind of blew your load a little bit too much in that one. So it's like this is the, the, they kind of went two different directions of being like, all right, we're we're setting, if we're very obviously setting up a new TV series here. This is this is where we're setting shit up, 
whereas this one seems a lot more organic and i think that's why why i'm finding it more exciting because even if i didn't know armor wars i guess i would be more interested partially because he's a legacy character but also partially because it's just setting up more interesting questions than okay well what's next for echo like well you didn't really give me a whole lot of reason to wonder what's next for echo Except for, you know, people who know the comic books, and right. apparently the character is super interesting, so mm-hmm. right. I don't know. All right. I also think you have to be kind of deep into the MCU lore to get a lot out of Secret Invasion. Um, you know, there's a lot in it if you are, like, super familiar with Captain Marvel, for example. Um, we've actually met Gaia... Um, tell us his daughter before mm-hmm. in that movie um but if you do, if you're just kind of like not that i'm saying that you two are but in general if you are like a more superficial marvel fan you're like oh you know thor was fun and whatever i like guardians <laughs> of the galaxy um but you're not paying as close attention to how everything like threads into each other then this show is like it's kind of confusing and um you know maybe is not bringing in uh more casual watchers the way it could mm. which to me is fine cuz i'm it it's for me i'm i'm mm-hmm. super into the marvel the mcu lore um and i can also see the argument i think that other people have said that like this isn't what the plot of secret invasion was in the comics yeah. No. So I think there's it's definitely like, well, a you know that's not what Age of Ultron in the comics was either. Like, right. I can, but I can see people, you know, internet people being mad about it because it's not exactly like it was in the comics. Well, it's a movie or it's a show. That's why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, breaking just- news: Netflix has canceled their live-action Masters of the Universe movie. Yeah. Oh no. Bummer. That sucks. I, I the the so within the first episode of that, I just didn't. I I was getting the vibes of like the the. I feel the same way about this group of villains that I did about the group of villains from Falcon and Winter Soldier. Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, yeah. like I'm not exactly sure what they want other than just to cause a ruckus. I mean. Because there's a lot of radiated space in, in, in the world. Just go there. Why do you have to take over the rest of it? Like, you know, like, what's the point? But I'm assuming we'll find out, I guess. Are we too old? Well, I mean, comments? we haven't found out so far why they can't just be like, look, we're taking Chernobyl, all right? Peace. Yeah, they already did. <laughs> it seems like they did. <laughs> but I, I mean, I guess, I guess the argument is that they don't want a piece of a planet they want a planet they want their own home world and they don't think humans deserve it so and i think it's also less about like how much space they have and more about being able to like live in public without the you know humans freaking out yeah because like the, the they they touch on a lot of racism stuff in this show of like mm-hmm. i forget what, what there was a great conversation between a uh, scroll roadie and and Nick Fury about a, uh, you know, the fact that they can't even this this country can't even uh, welcome them like let the, let humans live here. This this planet won't even let humans live in peace. What kind of chance did scrolls have walking around all green and shit? And they they, they make some pretty they make some pretty valid points. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, 
it 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 is an interesting show, and it's it you know not a ten out of ten, but it's you know, it's it's damn fun by me. So I'm glad I stuck with it. I'm glad you guys are enjoying it. I don't know. I um like I said, it, it I just I had a feeling that the the conversations about race might come up, and I thought that that was compelling. But overall, the storytelling to me just wasn't getting me i don't know maybe i'm just i like i said i keep wanting to go back to older things and i keep dwelling on stuff that i already know i like so i'm probably just being too picky but anywho i'm gonna suggest we take a break so uh evan can maybe die a little bit less and uh we'll be back soon (laughs) hi everyone chris here Podcast listening is free, but podcast creation is not. That's why the Geekade Patreon exists. In an effort to help us pay the bills, we've got a Patreon page set up where you can gain access to our monthly podcast topic schedule, get early access to many of our shows, and more. If you'd like to help support Geekade and keep these shows running week after week, head over to the Geekade Patreon page, linked in the show notes of this very podcast. everybody we are back hello welcome thanks for sticking with us we appreciate you we love you enough that we came back to talk about our main goal for the evening the thing i've been holding on to the witcher season three episode one title i cannot pronounce um so uh Sure, sure, sure. Sure, sure, sure. Yes, sure. They said it a lot. I don't even know what it was. They did. They did. That's why I say it. I said they said it a lot, and I just kept being like, "No, I'm not. I'm not absorbing that information. I refuse." No. So, um, I like. I have to say, I know how Evan feels about this. I I have really enjoyed this uh, because I actually went back and rewatched part of season two, which is why I did not end up. Which is something I should have done. Yeah, because I was a little lost when this this came about. And it's still am. Still yeah. a little lost. So, okay, cool. So, all right. How did you guys like the episode then? And where can I fill in blanks for you or gaps or whatever? Oh, God. I don't even remember what episode one was at this point. Okay, so the, the first episode I can read. I uh, let me pull up a better synopsis of. Let's see, uh, Witcher, season three, episode one. All I know is this dude did not say fuck once. In the that is correct. Season. In it's five episodes, he has not Wait, said fuck five, one time. Okay, really? That seems wrong. Um, okay, so I'll just read a quick. Breakdown uh, in The Witcher season three, episode one. Syrian and Geralt, Geralt, oh my god, are fleeing. Uh, they remain where they are up until uh, henchmen carrying torches locate them as they approach. During which point they take off. Um, in her sparse free time, Yennefer works to develop Ciri's innate magical abilities while writing Geralt, who continues to avoid her, encouraging uh, letters about their development. Um, Eventually, the group moves to a remote cabin in the chilly wilderness that Yarpin, a dwarf friend of Geralt, has provided. Um, here, there are hints of the approaching Beltane festival. Um, and then, during the festival, Ciri is attacked by a jackapace, uh, a 
giant monster that resembles an armadillo, uh, which was sent by Firefucker. Uh, and basically it's trying to hunt Siri down, and then they try to bait him. Uh, so they try to murder him, uh, by drawing him out using Siri's blood, uh, as the thing that the Jack of Pace was tracking. Uh, and then basically they use Yarpin's caravan as a way to be like, oh yeah, no, she's totally going to be there and nobody else is coming and it's just going to be her. Um... Surprise! It's a trap. This is a great breakdown, guys. I stopped reading the breakdown of. Sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> so uh, they end up stopping at Sherwood, uh, and while they're there, that's where everything happens. And the elves also happen to show up um, because they're looking for Siri. Because spoiler alert, she is part elf. Um, She's a hybrid. She is actually yeah. She actually has elder blood. Uh, and then, basically, Firefucker tries to run away. Yennefer keeps the portal open. Geralt breaks his hands. Uh, and then comes back through the portal. Uh, and basically, the three of them, after all of this, escape unscathed uh, with Yaskir almost being scathed, but it's just his loot. And then... <laughs> Pretty much the three of them decide, like, ah, shit, we're going to have to split up. And then Siri is like, wait, the only thing I want is for us to not split up. And they're like, too bad. And then. (laughs) So hold on. No, no, no. You did that wrong. She said, the only thing I want is for us to stay together. Yes. To which was immediately followed by, "Uh, we got to split up. Yeah. Like in the next breath. Yes, because Firefucker is still out there, also known as Bad Reasoning. Rance, I think was the way Not. they said his name. And then um because Yen needs to go to Eratusa with Siri because she's gotta train Siri and she's like really struggling to do it on her own, so she wants to talk to Tesea. Um so and Geralt's gonna track down Rance. So that's that's pretty much where they leave us also with the eventual cooling of Geralt's attitude toward Yennefer and then they make each other promises uh, she promises to protect Siri, and he promises to think about her in some capacity uh, Yennefer that is uh, so yeah so okay that that's basically where that episode ended we are also uh, able to see that the guy gets his hands healed after uh, Geralt has broken them uh, and the white flame is alive and also is uh series dad just a reminder so <laughs> okay so the white flame and series dad are the same person yes. that helps because yes. i was like you know a bunch of people are like all hail the white flame and i'm like who the fuck is white flame or what yeah that because i thought it was like a cult or something so if you if you flash all the way back to the beginning of season one when she was abducted by that guy on the horse with the weird feather helmet uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, so that guy, he worked for Nilfgaard, and Nilfgaard basically took over her, uh, like, city. They ransacked the the land that she is from um, and took over, and she was, like, the last remaining uh, person of royalty in that family. And we find out, basically, that the reason that she wasn't murdered with the rest of her family is because her dad is the person who is the ruler of Nilfgaard, and he calls himself the White Flame. Got it, yes. And he was believed to be dead. Now we know he's not. Um, 
Just kidding. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the the name because obviously it's not called Nilfgaard. It's called something else. And and they, uh, Sintra, they go back to Sintra. Uh, that's, that's where, that's where Nilfgaard took over. Um, mm-hmm. And then they were trying to continue to take over. And that's where that giant battle happened where Yennefer used her firepower to take down the enemy. But fire has a cost, uh, which she explains to Siri She lost in the her magic. Yeah. Yep. And then season two, she ends up getting it back because she's willing to sacrifice herself to save Siri, even though she was going to sacrifice Siri to get magic. So that's like a whole thing. Um, and then basically, uh, they've all realized, like especially Geralt and Yennefer, they've realized that they need to protect Siri together, and that uh, you know they need to work as a team, even if they can't trust each other. But we find out at the ep- end of the first episode that Geralt definitely intends to trust her again at some point and that this is just a matter of time for him so yeah um i remember (laughs) when we were watching the beginning of this first episode and they're like on the run Mm -hmm. and the first the first time that like they know that someone has found them and they're like getting ready to like take off and Geralt goes out back and there's like just like two or three like there's a guy who's like the official person and then he's got like two or three bodyguards with him he's got three thugs right but it was like a very small group of people to come after these but this particular target (laughs) and i remember chris just being like the hell are they think they're doing yeah Yeah. and i turned to him and i said uh they're giving us an appetizer (laughs) (laughs) yeah they did that was beautifully shot too exactly what they did yeah Mm -hmm. oh Mm -hmm. i could watch that man swing a sword all goddamn day (laughs) so thankfully you didn't watch the end of season two because that barely happened like i had to catch up at the end like i didn't finish season two so i watched a bunch of those episodes and then watched the first of this season and the like this show it seems like it's striving to be game of thrones like it really really wants to be game of thrones and it's putting out so many storylines that are just i don't think there's going to be enough of a payoff to 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 get all of these stories to make make it worth that the time that we watched it well there's a simplicity in it that like so evan really dislikes the the power the power dynamics and the political intrigue part of the show and there was a lot of that in the last season um it's not that i dislike it i was i would uh, you know i I got a lot of sorty fighty cutty monster in season one yeah that's what i was watching for because that's you know what i was you know, that shit's it. cool. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> and and what I would say about this is that you know the the thing you have to remember at the end of the day, all of it uh, is just about everyone has their own motivations, but they all think Siri is the answer to getting their power. Like that's kind of what they're doing, except for the allies to Geralt and Yen. Right, like so-, so Nilfgaard, they want to be in control. They just want to be the most powerful country, and they're ruled by the White Flame, who is her dad, but he you know also knows her story and wants her for you know maybe because he's a daughter but maybe also because he's because of her power i don't know yet and then you have the elves who basically are like hey fuck humans you guys treat us like shit we want our own land back also we're just going to destroy you because that's what we think we need to do um 
then you have uh, basically other political groups that have decided that they would like to capitalize on her power, so they would like to seek after her, and some of it's the wizards, and there's the other kingdom. It's so wait, hold on a second. Like there was a whole storyline of uh, hold on, I gotta look at Fringilla, Fringilla, yeah, and Kahir. Yeah, those they were are, like, there was a, oh my god, there was such a big deal, and then done, gone, no more. Like there was a huge, like an awesome, I'm killing my enemies scene with everybody, you know, sitting still, and one guy got stabbed in the eye. Like that was awesome. Yeah, I don't know if you guys remember that, but when she tries to take her power back in season two, Frangela uses herbs and poisons everybody so that they're paralyzed, but they can still see and feel. They literally can't do anything else but just like blink essentially and they're locked completely in a they're like, frozen they're paralyzed frozen yeah but not like the paralyzed like limp can't move like the like frozen like a statue kind of thing and she just murders the shit out of a room full of people then in the next episode the guy that she leaves alive he says well i'm gonna i'm gonna help you we're gonna come up with the story for when white flame comes so that it makes you look more powerful like we planned this all along and then white flame shows up they they try to enact this and he's like fuck you i did that and now they're gone so far i mean i don't know if they've they've come back yet but (laughs) yes that Um, was a lot of frangella has come back we do see her Mm mm-hmm um, but she, she was just was in a situation and she got out of that and now she's like trying to make her way back to Eratusa too, I think. Um, but she hasn't done a lot this season. Yeah. See that, that would be weird because then it does feel like there is a, a significant lack of payoff for the amount of screen time they were getting. Like, I do kind of understand that part, but again, I, at least for us, um, I'm just looking at this one episode. Like, how did you guys, I mean, how do you feel like, because the first episode is really largely about the relationship between these three people, between Geralt, Yennefer, and Ciri. Like, it's the first time you get to see them. They start, they go from being, like, traveling together to really becoming, like, a family. Um, I mean, there's a scene where they go hunting and she, like, Ciri jumps on Gerald's back and like you know he's carrying her piggyback style and it's really cute and you know they they have dinner together and then she's ice skating with Yen and like you can see them laughing and like falling on the ice and there's Uh, just these moments where they really work hard I think to show the growth between these characters and the relationship that they've built um, even despite being on the run at one point in time he hugs her and you turned to me and went look at they're hugging this is a big deal but to me no it's not he's a fucking monster hunter he's not hunting monsters like that's his job and i got none of that zero yeah i think the biggest takeaway that i've had from watching evan and his experience of this and i i can appreciate this viewpoint is that the witcher is like it's a monster hunter and we're not getting any monster hunting we're getting a dude protecting a girl like which if if that's what I, I like if i would be okay with that if that's what i was like the whole first season was awesome fight scenes and awesome monsters and all of that and there and granted it was really oddly told and, and very difficult to understand and timeline and all that stuff but it it, it all of season two like 
pulled way far away from that, and now in season three, it it's not that. Like there was one solid fight scene and a monster, but it died in like less than twenty seconds. That was supposed to be like a really big bad. Like, okay, so two things that I took away about this season: one, they're straight up, they just straight up stole the storyline from Avatar: The Last Airbender. Like that monster could have been like the weird cousin of that monster that was hunting in that show and two um what's his name doesn't make a good elf like robbie amell like he's charming and cute and all <laughs> but an awkward looking elf sorry it was kind really of a weird looking elf which which monster are you talking about was uh from he's talking the about one the sure shoe oh. The one that could like it was blind, but it its entire like sense. There was a girl it, that like who rides it, and it and it just hunts everything based on smell. Oh, geez, I forgot that was even there. I was thinking of a different monster from this season that was like really fucked up. There, um, yeah, I, I know what you're thinking of, and um, but they're talking about the one in episode one, like yeah, when I've... she gets lost in the like maze thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah, that was basically the same thing as that. Uh, yeah. That it was like an armadillo thing. version no, of a There's a, there a way more fucked least, up monster. There in are a later at least episode. two good monster fights yeah. in the in the. Um, oh right, yeah the the yeah, one on the boat. That. Yeah, yeah no, there's this one that's just like that is fucking gross and <laughs> fucked up. Is both of those things? Oh god, that was that was um, awesome. So there are definitely some good monster fights that. Um, you also get to see Siri, um, kind of, you know, where she is at in her training as a witcher. Mm. Oh yeah. There's this wonderful bit where you get to see her and Geralt fighting together, like double teaming a monster. Cool. Okay. It's pretty fun. Good. <laughs> Some cool. really nice chore- choreography. They work real well together. It's uh yeah, big old thumbs up. I don't really follow the plot of this show all that well. Which is wild, considering how much work I put into following the plot of a sock puppet show that doesn't really have much of a plot to begin <laughs> That's with. That's what I'm saying. But I just, I have a hard time following a lot of the uh, finer, <laughs> finer points. <laughs> Honestly, the problem that I keep running into with this show and following the plot is the, um, is, uh, what's that show called? Uh, Shadow and Bone. Mm. Um, I keep for like forgetting like, oh wait is this character wait this character is from this show or wait which which show is this plot line from what like mm-hmm. some girl was in a jail and there was a guy wait no that was a different show like because we're watching shadow and bone we're watching the witcher we're mm-hmm. watching um wheel of time uh, wheel of time oh jesus and it's like Lord of the Rings, I can kind of like, all right, I know which one's Lord of the Rings, and I know which one's Game of Thrones. But like these other three shows, they're different, but they all kind of bleed together because they all look very similar mm. uh, to a certain extent. But, you know, then there are, def- there are other parts of it that I don't have any problem following. So And, and then the action's all good. So. For me, um, like I, I do get the politics a little jumbled, mostly because I should have rewatched season two and I didn't. Um, so like it's taking me, it takes me a minute to be like, who are these people? What do they care about? What is their alignment? Oh, okay, now I've got it. Mm. Um, but the thing that I care about most is the three principles and their happiness. Yeah. So I'm pretty fine with 
you know, this first episode and where it goes from there. But as yeah, our I, as our primary topic focus of the first episode, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it. And it, it did include, like like I said, that opening scene where he, like, fought those three bodyguards um, mm-hmm. and it, I called it an appetizer. And then that, that main course of that battle at the end came along and I was like, yes, this is why I'm here. This is this is what I've been waiting for. I have been waiting for Henry Cavill to show off his swordsmanship. And yeah. it did not disappoint. Every time he swings a sword, it's magical. And oh my God. Like that, even in that big battle scene, there was more of uh, Siri showing what she got. And, mm-hmm. he, and at one point in time, he jumps through the portal and just stands behind beside behind a wall while everybody else is doing stuff and he's just because uh, granted the bad guy is shooting fire yeah i get it but like I, at one point in time i went just just like you're the witcher run up break his hands and then fucking kill him and he breaks his hands and then left <laughs> yeah like, evan was a little like why'd that take so long wait why is he leaving why is he leaving <laughs> like all of the problems could have gone away break hands snap neck out the door i do Dunzo. i do also feel like sometimes after watching the second season again or at least part of it because i didn't watch all of it there were scenes where i was kind of like is this person actually relevant and is this storytelling like necessary like like some of the stuff that they did i'm like you probably could have done that faster and also like it it felt as though there were certain things where like they invested time into it and i was like are you giving me filler right now because i don't have time for your fucking filler give me more of the witcher that is what I'm here for. Um, but I will say, like, I, I agree with Karen. I am invested in these three characters, and I am also invested in their happiness. And I think that that's kind of what is driving me when I'm watching this first episode is just, like, yes, they're in this situation where they have to constantly be on the run, and that really sucks because that part is a struggle. But you see the way that they are seeking happiness and finding it together, and you see like over the course of the second season, how Geralt has gone from like, you know, the first season, he was basically avoiding this whole child surprise situation. The second season he has found her and is trying to understand how to handle being in this role. And then he slowly becomes like, yes, I I am her father. Like this is my child. And then in that first episode of season three, like the elf queen lady it goes up to Jennifer. She's trying to hold this portal open after Geralt jumps through it. And she goes like, you know, uh, she is of my blood. Like you call yourself an elf, blah, blah, blah. Cause Jen is also technically part elf. Um, and she's like, she's about to be like, the child should be mine. And as she goes to say mine, Yennefer like yells mine, interrupting her as if like, Siri is my girl. She's my child. Mm-hmm. And like blasts this bitch away. And I'm like, yes. Like she just had these really good, powerful, like m- mom moments. And I really just, I got this sense that like they're a strong family union. And I really appreciated that part of the storytelling. Um and I love the fact that like, there was other stuff that I thought was good too, because I was like, they're on the run. Like, why not disguise themselves more? And then <laughs> they're not like, looking for the black haired witcher. <laughs> yeah, like they're not looking for the fucking black wolf. Like, yeah. And like that, like that line. And then the fact that like when Siri is like, how do I look? And he's like, uh, you should hide your hair and cover, like, change your eyes or something like that. And she's like, you could just tell me I look nice. And then, like, Yen walks in and he's like, 
you look lovely. Like, you know, it's just. Her costume was to go dressed as what she used to wear. Yes. Like, stop it. Yes. Like, and that's why I'm saying, like, I get it. Like, I totally get that that was stupid on Siri's part. And I understood why he was saying what he was saying. And I also, I don't know. I just, uh, oh, sorry, y'all. Oh, that's late. Um, I, I, I felt as though they had good interactions. Uh, at one point, you know, Siri also calls out Yen for the power grab that she had tried to make last season uh and how yen takes accountability and says you know i had given up and i will never let that happen again and i'm so sorry um but there's still like like you'll see those moments and you're like yeah i could see why that would come up in this relationship but also like you can also see the love and trust and bond that they have and i just hope that that's going to continue to be reinforced in the season and i think that there was a good amount of character growth from season two to season three and i'm, I'm hoping that that's going to continue because I've I've really liked the direction they're taking them in and humanizing Geralt. Uh, it's I think they're doing a great job of that, and I I just I understand Evan's points as well. So I hope we'll get a good blend of that. And it sounds like you two have gotten a good blend of of the things that we enjoy. Yeah, it does seem that it's a it's struck a pretty decent uh, middle ground between the 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 main focuses of seasons one and two it mm-hmm. it seems to have uh, struck pretty good pace mm-hmm. which is a shame because you know you know henry cavill's done after this season just a huge bummer yeah in in episode in the first episode she says something about you know him leaving and she will she will always remember him or always recognize him no matter what and i as that happened and then they said <laughs> they're splitting up i went they're not going to see each other again for five or four or five episodes whatever's left of this season and then come the second half of this season where allegedly he's replaced she's going to be able to tell who he is and that's that's my call and then we looked in like we saw the the thumbnails for the other episodes and apparently they go to a party later and whatnot like shit, that would have been better <laughs> show me him um i will say in terms of the criticism that you know that you you and other people have had of the show mm-hmm. um i read somewhere that part of why Henry Cavill's not staying with the show is that he's not happy with the direction that it's going. Mm. Um, so, which, I mean, I haven't seen yet what he's talking about, if that's the case, but there's still three more episodes to be released, so. Well, we don't... I mean, he's also a huge fan of the source material, which right. mm-hmm. neither of us have read, as far as I know. So That's, that's the game. <sighs> like, we don't know what the source material is, so it could be way, way off the source material, and not bad, just not what, you know, it was originally intended. Like, apparently he was really happy with the way the first season went and how true to the source material they stayed, because he, you know, he he's a fan. And now, I, like, who knows? I have no idea. What 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 if 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 the Witcher becomes a babysitter in the books? <laughs> yeah, I see. This is the the hard part. I think for I don't I don't know how much you guys have done like looking into the series, um, but I've heard that there's definitely been and there always is. I know there always is a departure from books to television translations and adaptations. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I know that these characters, if I'm not mistaken, all of these characters are in the books. Mm-hmm. Well, just well, because obviously they're Geralt is. just because they're in the books, the relationships um, may be different. Their interactions may be different. And like, that's, yes. that happens. Often. Yes. Um, but the thing that, what I was saying is like, yes, I know all the characters are in the books, but also, yes, I don't know how accurate everything is. Um, and I'm curious to see, like, I guess that's something I should do a deeper dive on as I move forward with this is figuring out what happens uh, in the books. I don't, I, I want to say I want to read them. I'm like really tempted to read them, but I don't yes. know if I want to do it until I'm done watching the show just because I don't want any spoilers and I don't want my expectations to change. Aren't there a lot of them? There's eight. Oh. So. I started to read the first and i had a really hard time getting through it yeah um it i think was originally written in polish and the translation i don't know if something is lost in translation but i i just i couldn't make it through the first book Mm. so but i'll send it to you if you want to borrow it and try it (laughs) i actually to be honest if i were to do anything i would probably end up having to um do audiobooks if they made a version and if not then i don't know um Mm -hmm. but yeah i i don't know i i think that if there's one thing i've heard is that the book series had a lot of violence uh and i I, like the show has violence but it feels like maybe the books were like actually worse um but yeah i have no idea i've i i I wonder if there's anyone who's listening who has actually read the books and played the games and knows a little bit more about the lore and has opinions on whether or not the show is following that closely and feel free to share your opinions with us, especially in the discord server. Cause I would be happy to learn more about this world and get more informed. Um, I didn't really think about the fact that, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how far the show has departed from the content in the books. So I'm sure we'll have more to say once the last three episodes are released, and uh, I'm sure one of us will pick this as our as our topic in the next episode or whenever we get around to finishing the season. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had no idea that at the time that I had suggested this, that they would not have all of the episodes out. I I just kind of figured that they would all come out at once. Um, They're, yeah, we're releasing it in two parts. Yep. So, fuck me. Uh, <laughs> but... The second part comes out next week? Yeah, oh, really? Yeah, okay. Next yeah. week. All right, good. That was going to be my next question. I was about to Google that. Um, good. Then... The, which seems to be the way with Netflix. Not that I, I can remember a ton of examples, but like Stranger Things was the same way where they released the last season in two parts and it was like a month apart that they released And they weren't them. equal parts either. There was a good chunk in the front and then a couple of right. like cl- episodes. And then like... Episodes. The the last couple of episodes that kind of comprised the finale as a whole. Mm-hmm. So I would expect the same from this. Well, which is I, to say, we should probably we <laughs> we may find ourselves staying up stupid late to watch them all at once if uh, <laughs> if they're really all that you know cohesive. Well, I'm curious. I you know the other thing I will say. I'm going to try to be more open to the idea of Liam Hemsworth in this role. Mm. Um, 
but I'm hoping that when that transition happens, we'll also get a little bit more feedback from Henry Cavill about like why, like how... about what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, kinda. I mean, I've heard different stuff. I also heard that he had signed on for something, and then that thing got canceled. I heard that like. You're not the first person to say that like he's not happy with the source material, but I have also heard that he actually had a lot of strong opinions on set and they actually took that into consideration when filming. So like I don't know what the answer is. I know we've talked about this show before and I you know, I'm still here, I'm still following it. I think that there are, we laugh, we make fun of his voice sometimes because he does like the really gruff voice and whatever. Um but I just I do, I really do and love then this Emil show. Emil tried to do the same voice. Like, stop with the voice. Who, Rob Amell? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a fun surprise for us, too. We were like, oh, shit, it's Robbie Amell. Yeah, yeah. I told Evan, I was like, you have to watch this episode, and I can't tell you why, but I've, I've got a surprise <laughs> for you. And he was like, okay. Uh, and then there was the, uh, it's coming too fast, too furious uh, line <laughs> that was said at one point, and he was like, wait, is that the surprise? Because that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, sorry, there are no cars. <laughs> Damn. Yet. But, yeah. Yet. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fast and Furious 11. <laughs> the Witcher. Yen's going to open a portal to uh, <laughs> Dom's backyard. To Dom, Dominic Toretto's garage. <laughs> that would be incredible. All right. Well, that's it. Um, I think we're done talking about this for now. Uh, and I hope to watch more of it sooner than later if I ever get to stop working a million hours a day. But um, cool, cool, cool. Chris, you want to give a social media breakdown, spiel, pitch thing? This week's episode is not filmed before a live studio audience, but it is fueled by feedback from listeners like you. You can get in touch with us in a multitude of ways. We have an official Geekade Discord where there's an entire this week's episode channel dedicated to all things TV talk, and of course, the regular Geekade social media accounts linked to in the show notes. The four of us can be found in various ways. I'm available at Twitter at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S, and you can read my work at StoneAgeGamer.com and in the pages of Nintendo Force Magazine. Karen, where can people find you? People can find me at STM Stitches on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Etsy, and particularly TikTok. TikTok did a thing where you uh, can't put a link in your bio unless you have a thousand followers. Um, so, and I don't. So, if you can go follow me on TikTok, I'd really appreciate it. Thanks. Okay, thanks uh, how about bye. you, Angie? Where can people find you? Uh, you can just go to my website. All my social media stuff is on there, so you can choose your poison. Uh, but it's www.angelafernot.com. And if you don't know how to spell my name, it's on the Geek Aid website. So, go there. And Evan, where can people find you? Uh, check us out at talesofkfear.com. That's where we're doing lots of our work. If you need to know more information about the shows we discussed tonight or what we'll be watching in the future, have a look at our show notes. And if you have any other questions at all, we can always be reached at mail at geekade.com. Just include the words this week's episode in the subject line so we know who you're trying to reach. This show is available anywhere fine podcasts are sold, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and more. And wherever you decide to listen, please like, comment, subscribe, and leave reviews because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh, original content. Back to you, Angie. Well, thank you very much, Chris. 
Uh, Evan, it is your pick next, my love. Uh, did you figure out what you want to do? Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I uh, had acquired a show. Uh, it was an Apple TV show that I was very interested in. Um, it is called Hijack, um, starring Idris Elba. It is a tense thriller told in real time that follows the journey of a hijacked plane as it makes its way from London over a seven-hour flight while authorities on the ground scramble for answers. Um, Elba is uh, is... A negotiator in in like business world so he's like the main character and i really want to see what you know that man could read the bible or the, like a phone book or whatnot and i'll be paying i'll be engrossed um season one episode one final call that's what we're going to watch okay cool i'm excited i had not heard of this yep yeah if only he had golden eyes and could see everything i think that's just the thing i'm into Anyway, all right. Well, that's cool. We're going to watch a show. It's not going to be The Witcher, but maybe it'll be The Witcher. But next time, if you want to talk about this show uh, or if you want to hear us talk about the show, we're watching Hijack, so do it. Uh, all right, that's it. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Angie. I'm Evan. I'm Karen. I just ate a handful of honeybees. Good night, everybody. And this concludes our broadcast day.